everyone. Today is January the 5th, 2024. First entry of 2024. My name is Jazz and this is my journal entry. I hope everything's okay with everyone. Um, everything has been good with me. I'm going to put out the last episode. I did, I did one before the year ended about my birthday. Um, I had a great birthday. Um, I'm gonna put that out. But around my birthday, I got really, um, I fell under the weather and I was under the weather for over a month. So I think that was my cue from spirit to kind of have a seat. So I sat down and I haven't really done anything, but now that I'm feeling better, I'm back to hitting the ground running. So, um, I'm starting my interviews back up for my um, podcast, The Strength of Continuous Podcast, and get my mind right for some other, whatever whatever else spirit brings to me to do. You know, I tend to just kind of follow my little inner compass. Well, it's a big inner compass to me. It just has a little voice. And um, I just go where I'm needed. Um, New Year's Eve was a great time. We went to, uh, we stayed in an Airbnb in Cleveland. Me, uh, my boyfriend, and my best friend. And we went to a party. <sighs> had a really, really, really good time. I'm sorry. I was like six in the morning. But we had a great time. Um, we had a really good time. So I've been working on, you know, just healing. I'm still healing. And it's crazy because I don't know why in my right mind, when I began really peeling back those those deep wounds, peeling back those layers to kind of heal on a deeper level, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this in no time. I got this. But the truth of the matter is I, <laughs> I don't yet. <laughs> And it's crazy because the more you dig up, the more you dig, the more stuff you find. The more, um, you know, things come to the surface, things I've forgotten, things I've suppressed, you know, things I don't remember. And all of a sudden I rem- I'm remembering these things. So in a sense, that's telling me that I am uh, moving in the right direction as far as healing. So, um, I think it was right before New Year's. I woke up in this funk, and that's because the night before, I had a dream, but in this dream, I relived a very old trauma. It was very traumatic. You know, it dealt with um, sexual abuse at a very young age. Outside note, you just I realized how resilient children are. How, when I was five... You know, stuff happened between the ages of five and eight. Um, I would say it was on a consistently inconsistent basis. So it happened a few times. And I remember as a kid, it didn't affect me. But I remember the, the, the situation, the actual event being extremely painful. You know, I remember... Um, I just remember just wiping it off and going about my business. But as an adult, this shit has me in a chokehold. 
So it's crazy on how how brave I was as a kid to not um, allow it to completely break me, maybe. I don't know right, the right terminology to, to use, but I just feel like the five, six, seven, and eight-year-old me was, you know, a lot stronger and resilient than I thought. But that five, six, seven, eight-year-old me built an almost a fort that you can't even penetrate sometimes. So, you know, I had to work on that. And um, that night I had a dream, and it's like, I relived it. It's like I felt the pain. I remember the smells. I remember, I remember, because my bedroom, I had I had a canopy bed, one of those canopy beds. My mom, she collected dolls for me. I was blessed. Had a, had my own room because I was the only girl. I had this big old beautiful canopy bed, and all my dolls were lined up on the wall. And the way my bed was, it would face the wall and face the door. And it's funny, it makes sense now because now I hate my bed to face the door. I don't like waking up and looking at the door, and I cannot stand my door to be open. It just it bothers the hell out of me. When my kids come in my room and they leave the door open, it just, it. I can't sleep with my door open. But now, I think I understand why. And I remember um, I was laying in the bed. I wasn't asleep yet, but I, I was told to go to bed. I was um, youngest. I wasn't the youngest. I had, like, younger brothers, but they were babies. And I think two of them weren't even born yet. So it was just me. And then my little brother that's under me. And then I had two older brothers in my family. I had family over that night. Had some cousins and stuff over. We always had people at our house. And I was laying there. And I remember just looking at the doorway because the hallway light was on. My mama kept the hallway light hallway light on so I could make it to the bathroom. So I wouldn't pee in the bed. Um, the bathroom was right across from my bedroom. And I just remember him standing in that doorway looking at me. Um, he came in my room. And I relived I relived that dream. Like, and I woke up in this funk. And I was just nasty all day. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Deborah's son. It's my boyfriend. I don't call him by his name. I call him Deborah's son. And anybody that follow me on social media, they're very well who Deborah's son is. Shout out to him. Because, I mean, he took my mood with grace. I was just. And it's fine. I wasn't nasty or mean, but I was just—I was real whiny, and I was real uh, needy. And he had just left to go back home, so it wasn't like he had some work to do. So it wasn't like he could make it back down um, to help me. But I know that um, if he really could have, he would have came. If uh, if I had gotten any worse, he would have arranged with his work to come down to. Um, make sure I was okay but I was in this funk and I think I went off with almost everybody that day I think I was 
I was crappy towards him. I was crappy towards the kids. And I get on the phone with my best friend, and I'm crabby towards her. I'm just crabby. She like, girl, what is wrong with you? And then I told her, and I said, um, you know, I told her I had the dream last night. She knows about um, a lot of the stuff I've been through, but I can tell that it's uncomfortable for her. So when I talk about it to my close friends, it's uncomfortable for them. So in regards to that, they don't have much to say. You know, they just, they get they quiet a little. And I understand, you know, stuff like that's hard to talk about. And I'm over 40 and I'm just now getting to a point to where I can actually talk about it. At one point I couldn't. I mean, it, it made me nauseated. It, it just, I couldn't talk. I just couldn't even think about it. But now I can talk about it. That's also a good sign of healing when you're able to speak about it or write about it. I still have trouble, but I can. And I was sitting there, and the next thing you know, I just I just started crying. And my close friends, they're not used to seeing me cry because I don't cry often. If I do cry, it's usually by myself. You know, like, I don't cry in front of my kids. I usually sit, I'll sit in the car and cry before I come in the house. Especially if I'm overwhelmed about bills or finances or I'm overwhelmed about work. We all know that healthcare is extremely stressful right now. Um, but I don't cry for the people but her. I, I let it out. I mean, I'm talking shirt soaked. It's not my job. I'm waiting for my pizza to be done at the pizza place. Shirt soaked. Face wet. not running from my nose. I was a hot mess. It was to the point to where I had to bury my hands in my face and just, I was just screaming, like, to the top of my lungs. I mean, my voice is already partly gone. Imagine, following week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I had no voice. But I just, I screamed. And the only thing my best friend said was, girl, go ahead, let it on now, honey. Let it, <laughs> she said, let it hold out, honey. You've been holding this in for a while. And that moment, that made me appreciate her because I needed it. And then I probably cried like that for three days. I was just a mess. And, you know, I, I didn't cry like that with Deborah's son on the phone. But he knew he knew something was up. But he he, he did come down. He did come down to see me to make sure I was all right. You know, um, I haven't really went into detail with him or talked to him much, but he do know that I've been through a lot. I don't think I'm ready to have that conversation with him. And, you know, he ain't rushing me to tell him, but he, he knows that I've been through some things. But um, a lot been coming up. So for New Year's, um, New Year's Eve, what I'm learning to do is whenever I'm triggered by something, I immediately take time to myself to find the source. The great thing about having a best friend like my friend Tish is she kind of she kind of knows when I need it. You know, it's just I think it's a natural for us as friends. We just kind of know what each other need. Like I know when she needs to be alone. And then I know when she needs a little extra TLC. It's just a, it's a feeling we both get about each other. <laughs> so we were in Cleveland and 
I wanted to look so pretty for Deborah's son because shout out to him because he's been so good to me. I know I gave him 10 shout outs to show, but it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult sometimes to to accept, you know, sometimes you want to go looking for shit when shit seems like it's great. Oh, you're not perfect. We have issues. But in totality, it's a healthy relationship. The communication is very healthy. Even those tough conversations that we have to have with each other, where we kind of got to call each other out. I was very respectful. So the resolution of our conflicts, you know, I've never had a relationship like that. Usually a person say what the hell they got to say, they cut you out and you're done with it. You don't resolve nothing. He's very big on communication and resolving things. In the areas he's not big at, I'm big on. So we just kind of penny back off each other. Penny, not penny, piggyback. And I know sometimes they get on his nerve when he really don't feel like talking, but he does understand the importance of it. But anyhow, I wanted to look so pretty for him. I had this outfit, picture this y'all. I had on my thigh-high red boots. Oh. I had on like a pair of cute tights. I had on some high-waisted shorts with my um, red lacy top and my um my little blazer on top. I told myself I wanted to bring in the New Year's sexy because I feel like I just wanted to, I just wanted to manifest, I wanted to, um, I can't think of the word, but I wanted to harness this, this energy of femininity and beauty and, I, and, and, and softness and sexy. And I want to just, I just wanted to embrace those parts of myself. So, you know, that's <laughs> what I was going for. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to have. My best friend helped me do my makeup. I'm going to give me a nice little beat. I got this outfit. I tried it on. It's bad. It's Deborah's son approved. I had to make sure I had to try it on for him because it was sexy. But, you know, when you have a partner, you have to consider them. I ain't want to go out wearing something that, you know, he felt, you know, uncomfortable with me wearing. But he ain't controlling either on another thing because then I don't want people to be like, I don't want people hitting me up talking about some, yeah, that man trying to control you and tell you what you can wear and what you cannot wear. It is not that. Um, but out of respect um, for my partner, you know, I don't want to be too raunchy or, or disrespectful. So I, I ask his opinion if it's like a dress or a skirt that's a little short, you know, or something. And he approved. He was like, okay, you know, wear it. No, yeah, you good. You good. You good. You approved it. He said, any shorter? I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> when I sent them pictures of each piece of the outfit together, he was like, I don't know. But when he saw it in person, he was like, okay. And, you know, I don't I don't like my clothes to be too short or too little anyway. So he kind of noticed not me. But anyhow, I left my makeup bag at home, guys. So my friend Tish is a makeup artist. She got plenty of makeup. But she does not. And she has several complexions of foundation, but she does not have mine. So... My complexion is is interesting, and I've been, you know, like when you go to the makeup counter and they'll, you know, fit your makeup, your color. Um, it's not easy to find like the perfect match for my complexion. So one of the brands I like to use is one begin with a T, and I can't think of the name, but their bottle is the the lid to their bottle is teal. I got to think of it because it's a really good makeup product, and um, Fenty by Rihanna, I don't have to mix or manipulate the those two because they match my complexion perfectly. 
other foundations, sometimes I have to mix and manipulate them because they, they, they either make me too light or they're way darker than I am. And I'm in, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, some people, they'll buy like a lighter foundation. I don't want to be lighter. I like my complexion the way it is. So we was like, you know what? She was like, just grab some foundation. And she was like, I got concealer. I don't like her concealer because her concealer is too light for me. I don't like to be too highlighted. I just want to, I like a nice natural beat. So I was like, you know, I'm going to buy a darker concealer, you know, a little bit lighter, but light enough to where you can tell I'm highlighted. So we in the store, we look and we like, oh, shoot, we found one. We like, yes. So we get to the house, we take our showers. Deborah's son, he stepped out for a minute with his friend and we're getting ready and the foundation is too dark. And I mean, it's not like too dark to where I was, I could pull it off. It was way too dark. So it just, it didn't do my complexion any justice because, you know, I've had uh, foundations where like, they're like a tap, like, even though the Fenty is the best match for me, it's a, it's a little bit darker. It's not much. Um, and it was, the other one is just a tad lighter, but not enough to where you can tell that it's not my complexion. This one, you knew it wasn't my complexion. It was just too dark. So I was like, you know what, um, Tish, this is too dark. She's like, okay, well, let's let's try to mix it a little bit to lighten it up. So we mixed it with some of her foundation, which was which is much lighter, to lighten it up. And it looked good. It matched, but when I applied it to my face, it looked gray. So I'm like, oh, shoot. So I wiped the makeup off. I'm frustrated. And next thing you know, I get super emotional. I get teary-eyed. So since I usually don't cry in front of people, I go in a room and close the door. So Tishy comes in a room and she see me just laying there on a the bed. And she was like, look, Jazz, you don't have a flipping blemish on your skin. She said, nigga, just moisturize. That's how she said. She said, bitch, just moisturize your face. Put some eyeliner on and some lip gloss on and let's go. She was like, your skin is flawless. You don't need it. But I wanted to look good for Deborah's son. I wanted to look perfect for Deborah's son. So I wasn't hearing her. So I laid there for a minute. And I'm like, what's the source of this? Because if you think about it, I never liked makeup. That's not me. <laughs> Even the dressing up wasn't me. You know, I'll get really dressed up every once in a while, but it wasn't me. And, um, I'm laying there and I'm like, I don't even like makeup. Like, what am I mad for? Like, hell, I wanted to wear sneakers. Like, what am I upset for? You know? And I remember being a kid. So for for you young folks years ago, they didn't have a lot of makeup available for darker skinned people. So back in the day, they had one... Um, I can't say whether it was black owned or not, but it was a makeup brand called Fashion Fair. And my mom used to order those products. They were expensive, but that was the first time. And it was, there were probably products before that more than likely, but I'm speaking of my experience and my awareness because I don't want nobody calling me, coming on the makeup connoisseurs, emailing me like, well, there were, I don't know. Shit, don't come for me. But my mama ordered Fashion Fair. And that was one of the first times that I saw foundation for darker women. So a lot of the times, you know, as a darker woman, 
I felt like there wasn't, when you go to the stores from what, what I could afford, there wasn't many um, makeup options. So when my friends were getting into beauty and makeup and stuff like that, you know, a lot of those darker tone lipsticks and stuff like that, they didn't have those. So you, you couldn't really, now I could wear a lip color now. No, you could wear one. And then I was also upset because, you know, my friends, she was like, you got on red, you should try a red lip. Now look, I done seen a million cho beautiful chocolate women. My complexion are darker. Rock the fuck out of a red lip. I'm, a, I'm friends with a girl right now. She is, um, she's a chocolate woman. Hold on, guys. Kyla? It's time, baby. Go ahead, get ready. It's 6.36. Sorry, guys. I got to answer the baby. Yeah, come on. But, um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm back. But, like, I even got a friend that I follow on Insta now. And she is just so chocolate and beautiful. And sister girl, with her locks, she be rocking that red lip. Ooh, child. She be looking good. So, um, she had on, I went and I, I bought a red lip, but I bought like a deeper red because I didn't want it to be too, too red. So I put the red lip on and I just, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I have tried it on for Deborah's son. He said, that actually looks really good on you. I tried it on from in front of my best friend. She was like, you know, Jasmine, that's cute on you. But I just, I, I couldn't picture myself in it. So I wiped it out. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just flustered. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm sitting here mad about some shit that I don't even, you know what I'm saying, that I don't even like. And I realized the importance of, you know, when you're on this road to loving yourself, you know, you have to accept yourself for who you really are. And I think sometimes we get caught up into society's definitions of like um, what femininity looks like what masculinity looks like. And no matter how much masculine energy I harness or I carry it within me, I'm a woman, you know, and it's not like I attract a lot of women who think I'm a like a like a dude, you know what I'm saying, or nothing like that. I've always attracted males. I'm just, I'm just I feel like we've we've allowed a society which is very patriarchal, whatever the word is, not good with words, y'all, tell us how to be women or what femininity looks like. And that's not necessarily the case. And all my life, you know, I've been told I was too masculine. I was too strong. I act like a dude. Like, why are you a female that like jeans and sweats and sneakers and why you a female and you you rather wear your hair cut short or why you like sports you know or why you so you know strong um and I realized that that doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that I am a woman you know and if you want to assign roles or what women look like I could still cook my ass off you know, I raised five children. I gave birth to them. I gave life, you know, other factors that 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 give me that that feminine energy, you know, 
when you ask people about me, they will say Jasmine's loving or she's caring or she's nurturing. So I have a lot of, quote, feminine qualities, unquote. But I have a lot of masculine qualities, too. You know, I probably got a jump shot better than half you mug. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, and I love a good boxing match. So that's just me. So I'm laying there and I'm just in my feelings. So I'm like, you know what? I don't like makeup anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> so I, you know, moisturize. You got to moisturize. I moisturize my face. I ain't even putting no eyeliner on. I put on some lip gloss. And I had my outfit on and it was time to go. So I'm sitting here thinking I done disappointed Deborah's son because he likes when I get dolled up. I'm like, I'm thinking I done disappointed him. So he comes up. And when I walk in the uh, the way the Airbnb is set up, the living room and the kitchen and the rooms running back, he was in there. And when I walked up front and he saw me, you would have thought <laughs> it was like it was like a spark. He was like, wow, you look amazing. He did not realize that I just had a whole fucking meltdown because I couldn't get my makeup. He didn't give a shit about the makeup. We go to the party. This man act like I was the only person at the party the whole time. He couldn't keep his hands off me. He couldn't keep his eyes off me. He kept telling me how beautiful I looked, how great I looked. He kept hugging on me. He get he was like starstruck the whole night. You know, after that night we got back. Um of course he bought in a New Year's. He had a good time. I had to carry him in the house. So imagine me, 200 pounds. He's probably ever a bit of 170, and I'm carrying him on my back up the stairs, and he threw up in my car. And he fell asleep on the way back to the Airbnb. He kept waking up telling me that I wasn't using a map and I was going the wrong way. But, you know, we, 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 we made it back. I didn't drink much because I had a feeling that I was going to be the designated driver. I just knew it. I'm like, you know what? It's New Year's Eve. He'd been... Talking about this party for weeks. He gonna party. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to drive. I just knew it. So I let him and my best friend have all the drinks they want. I kind of paced myself and made sure that I was in right mind to drive us safely. So I only had, I had very few. We get back and we go to sleep. And I realized that a lot of the issues that we have, like, like that whole emotional event that I had that day, that was a me thing. And then when I thought back on our relationship, he never, he never tried to change who I was. Like, he be, he be, he be helping me order sneakers and sweats. Hell, we went shopping at the outlet mall near here at the Nike store and, and he got me a, a, a Nike sweat suit. Like, he got me the jacket and the pants to match because I had a pair of shoes to match them. Now, if, if you, I don't know, I think it's a Cleveland thing. They going to match. They, the hat, the outfit, the shoe, everything going to match. And I noticed that about a lot of people in Cleveland. Not so much here in Cincinnati, as long as you look good. But he, he, he know I like sweats, and he picked me out a sweatsuit. He didn't say, you know what, let's go over here, Jazz, and maybe you ought to wear a shaper and a bodycon dress. You know, even though he know, he likes me to wear those things, he understands what makes me comfortable. So I'm like, I done had this whole damn emotional thing for no reason. I probably could have wore some damn sneakers to the, <laughs> he would have cared. When we went to the Christmas party, the flannel party, we both had on jeans, sneakers, and the flannel. And I was the only woman there. It's just, it, it'd be, 
I realized that all this stuff that I be brewing up and I be projecting on other people, they really be, it's, it's a me thing. It ain't got nothing to do with no one. So I took from that that there's so much power in being your authentic self. You know, and throughout the relationship, I have been myself. Like, sometimes I feel like dressing up, and sometimes I don't. And me and him, we go a lot of places. So sometimes when he comes over, he comes down and we go out, I'll toss out a sweater or a shirt, some jeans and some sneakers or some, well, you can't get no clubs down here, no sweats. I'll toss on some jeans and he'd be perfectly fine with that. And then sometimes I put on a dress and some boots or some heels and he'd be fine with that too. It's like, it bothers me more than it bothers him. He don't care as long as, you know, he don't care. So I I realized that there is so much power in authenticity. Be yourself. You know what I mean? And I'm embracing that from now on. And and, and that was my lesson going into the new year. It's, it's to get to the point to not care about what other people think or how they feel about you or how they feel about how feminine you are, how masculine you are. But what's you? What do you like? How do you like to be? You know what I mean? I think as females, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to look a certain way, to change a certain way, and to act a certain way, and we really don't have to. Like, if somebody for you, they for you. If they attracted to you and they want you, they gonna want you. I don't care if you wear... I don't wear lingerie no more. I ain't wear lingerie since I was in my 20s. I wear a big-ass muumuu and a bonnet. That ain't stopping no show. I'm just saying, like, if a person really for you and they care about you, then they, they won't care. They won't care, okay? So, um, now, is he going to let me run around here looking like a whole bum? No. You know, but, you know, I can come, I can be myself and be comfortable, you know, and, and not be a problem. If a person has a problem with the person that you are, then that person is not for you. And I remember being told, you know, by men I was dating, it wasn't cool. The mediumship wasn't cool. The spirituality wasn't right. Or I read too many books. You know what I mean? Or I watch too many documentaries. Or, you know, this science stuff is 